Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Geek Town Behind the Scenes podcast. I'm your host Dave Elliott and on this episode I'm chatting with Lance Drake, director of the film Muse Simulation Theory. Lance has been directing videos for the band Muse for many years but this latest project is somewhat unconventional. Rather than just produce a straight concert film, the band approached Lance about building a full narrative script around the live concert footage. The story he created follows a team of scientists as they investigate the source of a paranormal anomaly appearing around the world. It blends live concert footage from Muse's 2019 simulation tour in which they travelled to over 28 countries with scripted narrative videos that carry the story through the 90-minute show. In the interview, we discuss how the film was produced in late 2019, early 2020, but took an entirely scary new relevance once the global pandemic struck. We also talk about the creative techniques his team used to create a cohesive show that incorporate the narrative elements with the live elements and how this could potentially become the new normal in our current pandemic world. The film had a run in IMAX and is currently available to digital streaming services across the globe. Lance and his team also work with Marvel Comics to bring a comic book together, which is part of the film's deluxe box set that is coming out on the 11th of December 2020. If you'd like to hear more behind-the-scenes interviews, don't forget to subscribe to wherever you get your podcast by searching for Geek Town Radio. This also gives you our weekly Geek Town Radio podcast, which brings you all the latest TV, film, and gaming news. You can also go to our website at geektown.co.uk for daily news stories and all the latest UK and US TV premiere dates. Here's the interview with Lance Drake. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Well, it's lovely to have you on. I'm very happy to be able to sit down and talk to you because it's a slightly different thing to what I'd usually talk about with people because mainly they're dealing with TV shows. And you're, well, do you want to explain what it is that you've actually done? Because I think you'd explain it better than I will. So for the past almost you know, about three years, I've been working with the band Muse. I'm a music video director and uh, we did a series of music videos that were collectively created this concept 
concept album of simulation theory an album that came out last year yeah and with with that album they did a big massive tour uh which uh has been described as tron on ice like an insanely (laughs) epic dance numbers crazy light show a 60 foot robot like this incredible show that was loosely based on the world of the music videos and album artwork we we did for the album and that tour was called simulation theory and the tour i think they performed in front of two or two or three million people like an insane tour yeah and uh you know massive stadiums and arenas they played around the world and uh toward the end of the tour it came time to do a concert film and i kind of powwowed with the singer of the band matt and uh they wanted to do a concert film but they wanted to do something different and kind of more in line with the cinematic blockbuster style videos that we had made and just kind of completely rethink what a concert film could be so we made this feature length concert film called simulation theory and it's we shot it two nights at the o2 arena this time last year in september of 2019 and it's you know it's basically a mini movie that dips in and out of a live concert and this crazy bonkers storyline that's basically about jumping between realities and it eerily mirrors our world today cut to a year later yeah. uh, um, it's pretty bizarre how when we finished the film and locked the edit and finished the sound design we realized that a week later especially the US went into complete lockdown uh, <laughs> and it's like almost like our film came true yeah um, it really couldn't have been more timely I don't think yeah it was almost to the point that uh, right when lockdown happened and we finished the film there was a big question mark because we were worried we didn't know how many people were going to die we didn't know the optics of how this film would be perceived if we put this out because if it came out too late it would feel like we just kind of like riffed off what was happening yeah and it could be seen as in poor taste like we were you know kind of like riding a world crisis and like that wasn't the case at all we actually like uh uh, one of the songs in the album is called thought contagion and that started a whole storyline in the videos we made and in the tour of this idea of a virus and the idea is is that almost like a meme can become a mind virus Mm. and you know our world politically and is just split in two because there's just we're living in two worlds there's real and there's fake and and you don't know which side you're on like you don't know you don't really know what world you're in so it's Mm. hard to i think it's hard for a lot of people to understand what's true and not anymore and so we spend a lot of time in the videos dealing with that and then even further in the concert film and uh it's just so crazy <laughs> how this all went down. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, I think Matt's talked in interviews about having conversations with his manager about, you know, they needed to make it really clear that this was all pretty much done before the pandemic. Hit, so yeah, it didn't get confused. Yeah, definitely. And I think we kind of we, we kind of put the brakes on really doubling down on how much we predicted it because we just didn't want to come off cocky or feel like it's something <laughs> to be proud about bragging about that we predicted yeah. how completely screwed our world is but um there's definitely some clips from the film i've been like itching to post online <laughs> 
and like share. Cause like obviously the hardcore muse fans and, and con- live concert fans have seen the film, but like, I'm really hoping there can be a further crossover. So I, I want to share more clips just cause I think people would freak out if they saw a few particular scenes. Uh, cause I think it's hard to describe even in us speaking or in writing just how different this is from just a normal concert film. Yeah. So, you know, it was a, it was a risk for the band and it was a lot of experimentation and it was a lot of planning and especially in the edit, moving things around. And the thing that was really cool with the film is that we, we were able to like recontextualize what the dancers are doing on the stage, but then also even some, even some older song meanings. So right. um, we definitely pushed some boundaries. Yeah. I was going to ask at what stage did you kind of get involved? Cause they've got this big tour they've got dancers which have particular styles to them that you know they've got these these glowy mask things that they're wearing you've got the guys in the sort of full hazmat suits and that sort of stuff totally how much of that was already there is that all part of the tour and then you built the film around that or were you involved in sort of helping design where things went on the tour as well well they have a live creative director who did all the design and lighting and had his own team right but uh he also was involved he he created the album cover which was all the characters from all the videos that we did right so i think the soul and a lot of the heart of what we did with all the videos is there in four and so he basically took pieces from the music videos for instance murph this 60 foot robot that (laughs) comes out at the end of the show yeah um he's from two or three of the music videos we've made right and so like a lot of the more iconic imagery from our videos carried through to the live show but the placement of songs and you know the styling and all of that i wasn't involved in so then when they came back to me to say hey we want to do this mini movie based off the live show i had to kind of take what we had done for the videos and then the flow of the show and the wardrobe changes of the dancers. And I created kind of a completely separate new storyline that is connecting the dots from the music videos and then to the wardrobe changes that the dancers have. So, um, you know, so the concert kind of starts with these hazmat guys. So it's like, okay, so we want to start, we want to start the storyline with this scientific investigation. They're searching for this virus. There's all this virus imagery in the live show because of songs like thought contagion. So it's like they're going to investigate this virus, but then it's really, the virus is really an error in the code of our simulation. Mm. And so I kind of just weaved this whole story from the building blocks of what the dancers are wearing and the lighting changes and what Matt is doing. So then like, we also had to think about like, for instance, when Matt changes his jacket during starlight and he's a Starfield jacket, it's the first time beyond the opening where you see this led jacket. So I was like, Oh, we need to have this cool moment where he powers up. Yeah. So, and then he gets the power glove after that. So it's almost like in a game. So he enters in, into a video game version of the movie and that's where he starts to power up to defeat this mainframe, which is like the creator of all realities, which is the arcade console, which is like a very iconic prop that you see throughout the show. Yeah. So that was kind of how we did it. It's like, I was given all these puzzle pieces of like, this is the live show and just kind of reorganized it and like contextualized it into like a narrative. I have to say you did a spectacular job with that because I watched it this afternoon and I was wondering whether you'd actually filmed a lot of the film pieces beforehand, but I guess 
some of those were from the videos but it fits so well that sort of storyline that you're using you could easily have dropped those in on the screen to the people in the audience to connect one thing to another whilst you were going through the performance it weaves so well together thank you you know I think we got lucky obviously with the theme of simulations and the idea that like there could be a concert happening at the same time as a storyline and kind of using that as a tool as like a way to get in and out of the show I thought a lot about the movie Never Ending Story how it's like this boy who's reading a book and then he's jumping into the story definitely studied and thought about that movie a lot Mm. obviously there's a lot of movie throwbacks and uh, references throughout the entire simulation theory project but especially this concert film you know with the opening you have kind of this Tron you enter into the world of this arcade Uh, it feels very much like the movie Tron and then there's there's this interrogation scene that feels very much like the day the earth stood still Matt racing in his Lamborghini feels like back to the future jumping between worlds there's this cannonball run car chase scene between Matt and the two other band members in a a police car and then the end feels like night on bald mountain like the most epic ending to any movie in Fantasia with with the mountain that comes to life and I definitely wanted Murph to feel like the demon on the mountain that Matt is battling a lot of people feel like it's a big that that's a big reference to Harry Potter but um, (laughs) I think it's like any kind of sci-fi fantasy has that laser duel battle Mm. I always think of like classic Flash Gordon but right um, and then of course the very end it's very much like Peter Finch's amazing Oscar winning performance in Network where he tells people he's mad at hell and he's not going to take it anymore (laughs) on the news yeah and we definitely wanted to have this iconic finish a message for people to kind of take home to feel empowered to wake up but also just be ridiculous and fun yeah I mean it's a really wonderfully put together thing particularly finding out that you're crafting it based on what was there and it wasn't sort of all pre-planned I'm astonished by that that's quite spectacular what you managed to pull together for it thank you and I think I feel like there's so much potential in concert films that hasn't been tapped and and if it could be approached in this way I think Beyonce has done an insanely incredible job creating the video album and creating these like storyline gorgeous worlds but I think especially now with touring kind of put on hold these touring budgets could be put toward films like this or toward like lockdown performances that have more of like a musical aspect like this could be a new golden age for musicals for me like yeah. the idea of an album or a tour could actually be much more three-dimensional than just going to the show because obviously right now i would much prefer to be sitting front row watching the muse concert on my tv than going and sitting with thirty thousand people so um <laughs> yeah yeah i think you're very much right there given that we're looking for other ways to do this sort of thing right now that would make quite a lot of sense if you've got an album coming out to do this sort of big production. Was there any reason why you particularly went for the 80s kind of retro vibe other than it's cool? (laughs) From the start, the first video I actually pitched on for the band was Dig Down. And I wanted to do something that was kind of a retro synthwave cyberpunky homage to the elevator scene in Aliens. (laughs) <laughs> when Sigourney, when Ripley Sigourney Weaver is like like battling, armoring up, preparing for this big battle, and the song "Dig Down" is about like finding your inner strength. So I don't know if you've seen that video, but it's one of my favorite videos I've ever made. Uh, it stars this incredible model and activist and actress named Lauren Wasser 
who is an amputee and a survivor of toxic shock and her story of how she tragically lost both her legs and like overcame all these obstacles was like the inspiration to that video. And so she is powering up and building a new super leg in an elevator to fight the system, basically. <laughs> and that was the beginning of the simulation theory concept. So like this kind of cinematic blockbuster, nostalgic onslaught of classic sci-fi movie references. So we just kind of rode with that through the entire concept of all the videos. And so, yeah, that's where it kind of began. Yeah, I haven't actually seen that one, but I've, I will go and check that out afterwards. Yeah, check that out. It's pretty dope. <laughs> that yeah. that sounds ends, amazing. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I love that video so much. When you were working out, trying to sort of stick this massive jigsaw puzzle together, what were the trickiest bits for you to try and place together? Hmm, that's a good question. Well, we had to take out some songs that just didn't have the production value of the rest of the show, like whether they didn't have dancers or they didn't have like the same level of, of lighting or right. plug in baby. We had to cut Knights of Sidonia, which is I think an eight minute song. <laughs> Uh, right. we had considered putting in the credits, but we really wanted to have that last broadcast for the end credits. And I think just that song is so iconic on its own and they've played it mm. in other live concerts so well when it was like the hot single that we felt like we wanted to really just give shine to the new album. So I think the hardest thing was getting rid of some of the songs that I was like so connected to mm. in the past. Plug and Baby, Nights in Sidonia, those were very hard to cut. And I think also just really the transitions, like really nailing the flow of the show where there's a song and then you're going back into the narrative and finding that right amount of rest. And my editor, Jeremiah Mayhew, who, who cuts everything from me is an amazing editor. You know, he cut, I mean, I don't even know, I, I don't remember how many songs are in, in the final film, but you know, he was not only cutting concert, he was cutting the narrative and, and it was just a tremendous amount of work over, I think, you know, we did it within three or four months we cut the entire film and it was just finding the voice of the film and the flow and making it feel consistent throughout. That was really important and hard to do. Yeah. Last sort of few more general questions for you. Sure. What would you say has been the most interesting experience you've had while working, not necessarily directly on this, it could be on something else. I mean, honestly, this whole three year run with Muse has been unbelievable. I've been doing music videos for 10 years and to work with one band so closely and have that level of trust, but also work with a band that's so creative. When you work with Muse, it truly feels like you're living in a simulation because it's so surreal how fast creatively we've moved. Yeah. And also just at the scale we've worked, things that seemed impossible, we got done. And things that seemed like ideas that were never going to happen, happened. And I think that's just the power of Muse. And it's probably why they are so interested in the idea of living in a simulation. Because when you're like a top 10 rock band in the world, it feels like a simulation. Like how, yeah. how talented they are, how successful they are, and how beloved they are by so many. So that's been an unbelievable ride with them. And I think the coolest thing is that this whole experience has obviously been the closest thing I've done to making my own movie. And their fans, like the 
output that they've done over these past few years of riffing off ideas that we've had, making parody videos, <laughs> making fan art, making dressing and cosplay yeah. of characters from our videos, creating puppets of the creatures from our videos. Like it goes on and on with their fans and just how, how like Muse isn't just a band. It's like an experience. People who are musers and are, are fans want to live in that world and it's three-dimensional. And so that the whole experience of, of just seeing how the fans have responded to the work we've made, it's just been amazing. Cause yeah. like usually I'm, I make a music video or a commercial or a documentary and you know, it goes out and I get some cool YouTube comments and maybe a cool article written and you know, that's it. And then a couple weeks later it's over this, the, 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 the work of simulation theory, I feel like it's living on because they're more than a band. <laughs> yeah. So. They certainly have a very strong dedicated following people that love Muse really, really love Muse. So Totally. But it's like, you look at another band, like, I don't know the Foo Fighters or yeah, I, I don't know, or any other pop or any pop band. It's like, I usually, I, I also have to show you some of this art. It's just like, no one is doing cartoons of Dave Grohl or of, you know, it's just, it's something special and so mm. unique that, that they do. Yeah. And you know, and they're one of the only rock bands that could bring dancers out and do like a full on Vegas scale show yeah. and you're not eye rolling. Like it's like fun and it's crazy. Yeah. The extra layer you add to it. I mean, the concert footage itself is phenomenal, but the extra layer that the sort of whole narrative adds to it, it just makes for a really interesting cinematic experience. It's out now, isn't it? I know yeah. it, it was, it was designed for IMAX as well. There isn't there an IMAX release of it. Yeah. So we did a very small, limited run of IMAX a couple weeks ago. Mm. Didn't play much in the US. There was only a few theaters open and it played internationally I think in a, in a lot more theaters and it was kind of just a test just to see right now how many people are wanting to go to the theaters and yeah. also uh, we really wanted this to play in theaters because the scale it really has earned to be seen that loud and that big. Yeah. I'm hopeful that hopefully IMAX will do another run when, when more theaters open maybe later this year or in the following year just because to see the film in IMAX is like it's just an, a completely whole nother level yeah but I'm sure it is it looks spectacular even I mean I was watching it on the computer and it looks spectacular right. there so I mean in an IMAX it must be absolutely phenomenal oh yeah yeah it's it's crazy so yeah so it they did a small couple day run in IMAX and then it was released digitally and you can buy it or rent it on iTunes and in most places Amazon yeah uh, and whichever other other digital platforms. And then um, there's going to be a super rad box set coming out in December, which is a Blu-ray of the movie, a Marvel comic book adaptation of the film, oh, wow. and a cassette tape, vinyl, and it's like a super... The art in it that Jesse, the band's creative director, did put together, it's just... It's, it's unbelievable. So I'm super excited to personally get my hands on that. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that'll be out in time for Christmas. Christmas. I was going to say, and I believe it's like, it's like a hundred, $125, but I feel like it's totally worth it for like just how rad it is. Yeah. So. Uh, that's going to be on a lot of Muse fans shopping list, I think. <laughs> yeah, totally. Certainly on yeah. the Christmas list. Yeah. So uh, wrap up with the final two questions. They're always TV related because a lot of the stuff we cover on the site are TV shows. So gotcha. um, the first one is what TV shows are you watching at the moment or have you been watching recently in lockdown? It's so funny when I, when lockdown started, I was, 
just like eating everything on TV <laughs> and on Netflix and was just like a glutton for entertainment. And then come, I don't know, I don't even know what months are anymore, but come, I think July, I just kind of stopped watching TV or media in general. And I've just been looking inward and going outside and going to the beach all the time. <laughs> but the one show that I'm fully invested in and addicted to right now is Raised by Wolves, Ridley Scott series on HBO Max. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm glad that's good. We haven't had it yet. We're waiting for somebody to pick it up over here because we don't yeah. have HBO Max. We get a lot of the HBO shows. We is, don't have Max. Yeah, I think it's exactly what I personally wanted him to do with Prometheus and what I wanted him to take science fiction. It just feels like the next evolution of hard sci-fi for me. It's like, I don't know if you're familiar with the artist Mobius's work, yeah. but he's just one of the most iconic science fiction artists of all time. Mm. And he worked on some of the design work for Alien. All the costumes, this world, it feels very Mobius to me. And it's so exciting to see Ridley do something that's like so uh, like an incredible sci-fi piece but isn't related to some other IP he's yeah. already done. Yeah. And it's so original. It's so niche. It's only for people like me who are just like the super geek. Um, <laughs> and I love it. They put out three episodes uh, and I watched them all like in one day. And uh, I'm probably going to watch them again in the next couple of days. And, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's that's what we've been asked about quite a bit. And I really hope somebody picks it up over here. Last question for you. If you could work on a TV show, so, mm. It can be either something that is a show that already exists from the past, mm. could be something that's in the present, or maybe some sort of future genre of show. What would it be? Mm. My dream forever has been to adapt this book called Meta Barons by Jodorowsky. Jodorowsky, okay. uh, he was the original director of Dune, and he kind of assembled the team of Giger and Mobius. If you've ever seen Jodorowsky's Dune, it's kind of like the making of what his film Dune would have been before he was fired from the project. And he kind of gave birth to what cinematically we see as science fiction today. Right. Like he, in the team he assembled and the ideas he had, all of those were the seeds for Blade Runner and Alien. And so like that modern science fiction look, it like began with the pre-production he did on that. And so he went off and he became actually a comic book writer. And Meta Barons is, it is like the greatest comic book ever written. It's this space opera and it's like Game of Thrones in space, but even more insane. And it would be amazing for anyone to adapt this into a TV show. So that would be my dream of something that didn't exist. Uh, like a current show that I'd be like, damn, that would be so awesome. Obviously, we already discussed Race by Wolves. Um, I really love the show show Mindhunter. Oh, yeah. I, I want um, them to make more of that, but um, yeah, Finch, Finch is busy at the moment, so... He's very busy, yeah. So I would take over season three of Mindhunter. I love those characters, and I loved where it was going yeah. and where there's this wave, there's this build-up, obviously, there's this birth of a new serial killer, and, you know, there's just so many interesting things in the last season. That's a good um, choice, yeah. Yeah, so I 
would love. And it's one of those shows where like, I felt like there was still more to do. Mm, yeah, definitely. Um, and I really loved the second season was just so good. Mm. And it was such smart writing. That would be an amazing show to do an, an episode of. Or Yeah, Finch is not doing it. So, you know, there's <laughs> an opening if you can sure, get the cast yeah. together. Why not? Yeah, I, there's probably about a hundred other <laughs> directors sure. before me. <laughs> but when they all pass yeah. and the world ends, then I'll be available. Uh, so. Yeah, that would be certainly one that I would happily watch because I love the first two seasons of that. Well, it's been lovely chatting with you. Good luck with whatever you're, you're doing next when things start to reopen. Thank you so much. Thanks for checking out the film and giving me this spotlight. I really appreciate it. No problem at all. The film's fantastic. It's really worth going to pick up. I mean, obviously, if you're a Moose fan, you've probably got it already, but definitely worth checking out. Next time you're doing a project, come back on and chat to me again. You bet. Thank right. you. Talk to you soon. Cheers. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.